0: Awesome. Thank the Lord that John didn't break another leg this year. In Jesus' name. God is good all the time. Amen. Just so thank you so much again, guys, just for having me up here with you this weekend. It's just really been uh, just a a total pleasure of mine. I want to thank Bo, Jill, Sarah, uh, the whole gang, uh, again, just for having me up here. And, And just so many of you guys just had some great conversations with you, some times of prayer last night. And just really, this, this weekend has been a, um, an encouragement to my soul. I was uh, chatting with Sarah and Sean last night and, and Desi, and sometimes I come up to things like this, and uh, and Christians can be super weird. Uh, uh, <laughs> But I'm like, okay, you paid me to come here, so I'll hang out with you. But uh, this this weekend, it was different, one of those different ones where I really, really felt like I met some friends and uh, some ministry partners to, to walk walk along with. So guys, thanks so much for having me, man, sincerely. Um, be, be really quick with us this morning. Uh, you know there were moments in life where you're like, uh, man, I am really unprepared for what's coming next. Like there are just those moments where you're like, "How do I step into this next season? How do I step into this next uh, 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 assignment? How do I step into this next circumstance?" And this uncertainty will, will kind of loom over us when those times arise. Um, th- this was this was depicted really well for me one night while I was watching TLC. I mean, one night when my wife was watching TLC and she. She caught a commercial, and she showed it to me. And and I thought, if this is not the perfect picture of not being ready for what's next, I I don't know what is. Now, this is going to be one of these cringe kind of things that you see. But I want you to find the principle in this one, all right? Um, I'll I'll set it up a little bit for you. It's a show called uh, My First Kiss. Anybody remember their first kiss? How unprepared you felt for that? Some of you are like, I'm still waiting. Jesus. God is good. The gospel works. Come on. you never know. You never know. But 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 I watched this commercial for this show and I was like, oh my goodness, this is the perfect depiction of not knowing to do, not knowing what to do next. Check check this out. it's worse Shh, listen it gets worse hey, listen Well, ha- have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you around. How many of you were worried for her safety for a few moments there? <laughs> I don't know. She... I am serious. I can't even. I... So many times, it's hard for me to watch. <laughs> if you want to watch something more awkward than that, J- oh, listen, I'm like invested in this show now. Uh, that guy's name's Josh. Josh actually like, finds the love of his life and It's on this show. And I'm telling you, the kiss of Josh and his love of his life is worse than that. It is more awkward than that. But but praise Jesus, Josh has found love. And and, uh, mercy, come on. (laughs) There's no way for me to smoothly transition from there. But it's like this, this poor guy, he didn't know what to do. He's like, I, 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 I'm I, on this show, it's called my first, like, he knows what's supposed to happen, but still, he finds himself in this quandary where he's like, I don't actually know what to do now that the moment has presented itself, now that the reality has hit, like, well, what do I do right right now? Um, there, There's like, you ever seen, uh, like, you know when you were uh, texting, uh, like, those three dots come up, you know, the dot, 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 meaning, like, someone's, like, Waiting to say something. Like, those, there's a literary, literary term for those. It's we'll called it the ellipsis. And, and it actually means, you know, there's more to come. There's more to come. And, and, and for us, as, as, as bags are packed and, and, and we're getting ready to head back down the hill, we're kind of in that moment right now. We're kind of in that, that more to come yeah. moment. And the question is are you ready for what's next? Are you ready for what's waiting for you? Work tomorrow, spouses at home, relationships, uh, struggles, uh, piles of bills that you're not sure how you're gonna pay, uh, school, classes, schedule, just maybe even some of the junk and the yuck that you left on your way up here, and now you're like, I gotta go back to that reality and deal with this. My real life is is waiting for me. If you're feeling that tension You're not alone. That's normal when we have these kind of mountaintop experiences, literally, where we we come into the fellowship of believers and and there's this encouragement and this growth that happens in us. These breakthroughs like Bo talked about last night that, that happen. But what do we do now in the more to come? I'd I'd contend this thought for you. Uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick says it so well. He says, outcomes are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. The outcome is God's responsibility. What happens next is God's responsibility. Give me a sigh of relief because God's responsible for what happens next. But what falls upon you is Obedience is obedient in the more to come. You look at the life of Peter, perhaps the most outspoken of the disciples. His brother Andrew was the one who, at the beginning of, the, of our time together, was the actual one that, the, the, that John the Baptist was like, hey, there's, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and spent that day with Jesus after Jesus said, come and see. And later on, Jesus comes to Peter and he's like, come and see, come and follow me. But there are other words that Jesus said to Peter also. He asked him, do you love me? Multiple times. He told Peter, you're going to betray me. And finally, he told Peter, You're the rock on which I will build my church. Jesus was saying, Like, Peter, listen, I'm going to handle your future. What I'm desiring from you now in the next step is obedience. And the same is true for you and I this morning. Looking specifically at the life of Peter in Acts chapter three, if you want to jump there as I set this up for us, this is after the resurrection. After Jesus had stood in the brokenness and committed his life, his spirit, for our salvation, for our rescue and our freedom, Peter and the other disciples find themselves in this situation of like, what do we do now? And first, after hiding for a little while, after kind of relenting, kind of like reeling back, these guys and gals begin to muster up the courage of, to be obedient to what God had told them to do. To be obedient what Jesus had told them to do. And, and go and spread the good news. And something amazing had happened at the beginning of Acts, at, at something, at the feast called Pentecost, where the Spirit of God literally came from heaven to earth and indwelled within this body of believers And people of all different tongues were were hearing each other and understanding each other. It was this movement of God. It's actually the beginning of the church. And this group of 12, 11, this group of 11 that grew to 72, that grew to 120, now takes this leap to 3,000 folks. But then we meet Peter in what seems like a, a mundane transaction, kind of a Monday morning thing. But this is the more to come, where where Peter now shows us three distinct commitments, three distinct obedient moments that anchored him in his relationship with Christ Jesus. And I think we can learn something from those this morning. The first one is this, the first anchor for Peter is Peter walked with others. Peter walked with others. And one big word you can just hold on to is the word together. Look what it says in Acts chapter 3, verse 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What seems so crazy about that? Here's two guys who've been hanging out together for the last three and a half years or so. They're going to the temple together. They're going to church together. You see, what's so cool about this is all throughout this book of Acts. John is mentioned multiple times, but never as the focus. John is always like number two. He's always like the with guy. And and the lesson here is we're supposed to walk this journey together. Together whether you're a John or a John Mark or a Barnabas or a Timothy whatever it is all throughout the new testaments we see the new testament we see these different examples of what it looked like to journey together look what the writer of hebrews says in hebrews 3 see to it brothers and sisters that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living god but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today So that none of you may be hardened by sinful deceit. We have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original convictions firmly to the very end. God gave us a tool to walk through this life. And it's each other. God gave us a, 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 a engine, he gave us a, a, a functionality to walk through this life, the difficulties of this season, the what's more to come, and that's the people you're sitting next to. For many of you, my prayer is this weekend you developed a 2 a.m. friend. Now here's, a 2 a.m. friend's not the kind of friend that you're thinking, all right? Bunch of perverts. <laughs> the, 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 the 2 a.m. friend I'm talking about, you were there, take it easy. The 2 a.m. friend is, is, gentlemen, it's that guy that you can call at 2 a.m., not text, but you can call and say, brother, I'm struggling with this specific thing. Would you pray for me? Girl, ladies, it's that, it's that young woman, it's that woman that you can call. And say, this is what I'm feeling right now. This is, the, this is the, the, the brokenness that I'm feeling. This is the anxiety that I'm feeling. Would you just sit with me right now? We're, we're here to strengthen each other in Christ. That's the difference between Christian communities and other clusters and other organizations. Other things. Like our deal is to strengthen each other. Not in each other, but strengthen each other in Christ to be a reminder. To be a reminder like, hey, we've got a bigger God that we serve. We've got something loftier than us that we can hold on to. Anchor number two, Peter reached out. Peter reached out. I want to encourage you to reach from grace, not for grace. Look what it says in verse four. Peter looked straight at him. This is the lame, crippled man. That's sitting by the gate. He would have sat there every single day to beg for his daily needs. And he's begging and asking, asking Peter and John as they're heading to the temple. And Peter looked straight at him and as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. We don't reach out to others out of Christian obligation, but out of the overflow of the love of Jesus. Because we remember those moments, you've got to hold fast to that moment where Jesus saw you in your brokenness, when Jesus saw you in your uh, lostness, and Jesus said to you, come and see. And that's what he calls us to do as followers is to extend that same grace. And and we don't extend that grace hoping to make Jesus happy with us, to show how much we're doing. But we do it because there's this overflow of grace that just pours out of us. And here's what I'll promise you. Reaching might be the scariest thing that you do. Reaching might be the scariest thing that you do. But there is someone waiting on that appointment. There's someone at your, I I promise you this friends. There is someone at your work, in your class, in your neighborhood. That is waiting for you to reach out to them in the name of Jesus Christ. And you may feel ill-equipped. And guess what? You are. Aside from the fact that you have the power of Jesus Christ. And he'll do it for you. As you, long as you are obedient and make yourself available. It will require a sacrifice of you to see someone else finish their race. I saw this video. Of my, one of my senior pastors, he's from Ireland. So he's always showing us videos from the BBC and I hardly ever understand what they're talking about, but, but he showed me this one and I was like, oh, this one makes sense. Uh, but I think it draws this perfect picture of, of reaching for, from grace and not for grace. Check this out here. You're the first group to ever laugh at that. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you people? That was not like a laugher. That was like, oh, so touching. Like, look at the guy suffering. Ha ha. All right. Uh, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> But, but listen, it, it, was, <laughs> it was Alistair's, like, it made sense. Alistair's going to stop for his brother. It makes sense. Like, it, it makes sense to stop for your countryman to, 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 to throw his arm or, around your shoulder. That, that makes sense. But the moment of sacrifice is when, what does he do? He pushes him ahead of himself. He pushes him ahead of himself. Someone's waiting for you to push them over the finish line when you reach. Thirdly, Peter had been with Jesus. Now now it goes further on into the next chapter where uh, Peter and John are in prison because they are preaching and people are listening. They are preaching God's word and people are listening. Scripture tells us in uh, uh, the beginning part of Acts chapter 4 that after Peter gives this speech, after Peter gives this rousing uh, presentation of the gospel to the spiritual elite, 5,000 people come to faith. Remember, they were 11 just shortly and now they're near 10,000 followers of Jesus Christ fueled by the good news. But then they take Peter and John and they put them in prison. And they try to figure out what to do with these two guys. And when they bring them forward, they look at Peter and John and look at what it says in uh, chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been With Jesus. You see, you're going to go down that hill. And people are going to say there's something different about you. Because you have been with Jesus. The, The word there is abide. Being with Christ. Christ being with you. And what happens is you will do crazy things when you've been with Jesus. You'll do astonishing things when you have been with Jesus. People will look at you and say, she's an ordinary woman. He's an ordinary guy. But they have been with Jesus. And God's favor overflows and flows through you. When they asked Peter to stop speaking, he said that he couldn't help but speak of what he had seen, remember, come and see, and what he had heard. May that be true for you, that, that you would not be able to hold in this gospel This truth and grace that you have received this weekend may be true of you that people would see you as an ordinary man or an ordinary woman, but say that there is a, and they wouldn't even know how to pronounce this or, or articulate it, but there would be an anointing upon you as you enter into your spaces and places in the name of Jesus. But I'll close with this friends. I'll tell you, entering Entering into this world as a disciple of Christ Jesus isn't going to be easy, I promise you that. It'll be costly to you. But the fruit and the legacy that will come from your obedience, maybe even in this lifetime you won't see it. But I promise you, God, God is anticipating your obedience. There's a, you've heard the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. You ever heard that song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus? What a beautiful hymn. You know, the, the, the history of that song goes, there was this, uh, this famous uh, Indian missionary, and musician actually, who found his way to this remote village in India, and this village was just rampant with Christians, which is a, which is an odd thing. It was rampant with Christians, and he asked, "Where did this kind of uh, 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 fervy of faith come from?" And and they told him this story. It, it it was this this man many years before had learned the good news, and began to live the good news of Jesus Christ. But everyone else in his village, they, they weren't of the Christian faith. So the elders and the leaders of the village got him and his family and brought them to the center of the village. And they said to him, if you do not denounce your faith in Jesus, we will kill your wife. And he looked at them and said, through tears, I have decided to follow Jesus. And they killed his wife right in front of him. They said to him again, if you do not denounce the name of Jesus, your son will kill him right now. He looked at him and said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And they killed his young son. And now they said to him, you have nothing left in this world. If anything, save yourself and denounce the name of Jesus. He looked at these men and he said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And they killed him where he stood. See, people were so moved by his fidelity to God that men and women in that village gave their life to the Jesus that he was willing to die for. The apostle Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Jesus calls us to walk Together, Jesus calls us to reach far and, and and wide. Jesus calls us to abide in him, and he never promises that it's gonna be easy, but he promises the fruit. He promises the glory that will be received. He promises the new lives, new lives that will, will come from it. He promises that. And and, I, and it's 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 my contention that when 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 that man met Those people in heaven, he looked at him. he said, how did you get here? Through you. So, Fusion, what will be the fruit and legacy of this weekend? Will it be that we got together and had a good time? Made a couple of new friends? Or will it be this catalytic moment that set off a revival in your community, in your homes, in your businesses, in your schools? My prayer is one day when we meet Jesus, we'll be shocked by the people that will be standing next to us in eternal glory because of what God did through you this weekend. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this community of faith. I thank you for the the leadership of Christian Assembly, Lord Jesus. I I just thank you for the passion and desire to reach 18 through 35-year-old folks for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ Jesus. And I pray that you would ignite this community, Lord Jesus, with a fire that cannot be contained in their bones, Lord God. That they would walk into their days and their weeks with a reckless abandonment for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the good news may be not just the words that they speak, but the lives that they lead, Lord Jesus. As ordinary men and women, Lord God, may you consecrate us. May you consecrate us and call us out as a holy priesthood. Bring forth your good news. I'm expectant, Lord God, of what you're going to do in and through this community. I thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
1: Can we thank Carl again, you guys? Carl thank you so much for coming and being with us to to leave your your wife and your kids and your your ministry and your teams it's no small thing so thank you for taking the time to come and be with us your words have been a gift to our community. They've been important for our community. So thank you for, 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 for bringing us before Jesus the way you have this weekend. Uh, you know, when as, as a leader of a ministry, when you do retreats and camps, you bring in speakers. And for me, I, I like to bring in my friends, people that I really know, guys that I've done ministry with for a while because I know them. I know they're hard. I know how they preach. And I'm always confident when I bring those people in. But there's times that you, that you find somebody, God brings you somebody who you don't actually really personally know. You watch their sermons and you talk to them on the phone, but you don't totally know know who they are. Uh, And so that was true for me with Carl coming up. We didn't know each other before this. I was thinking we were talking like, Carl's asking, well, how did, how did we come in contact for this? I said, you know, it was so God led. I don't totally remember how it happened, man, to be honest with you. Uh, But I found you and I watched some of your sermons. I said, man, I want to bring him in to come and speak to Fusion. And on the way up the mountain on Friday, I was talking with Blake and I was saying, babe, like, I'm so excited for Carl, but what if he's not really very good? Like, what if, uh, I liked what I saw online, but I don't totally know. So there was just this small anxiety. And three minutes into Friday night, I was like, no, this is the man who was supposed to be here. Man, we're good. We're going to be good this weekend. So thank you. Hey, I got I got, a, I got something I want I want to talk us through. But before I do that, I have to make a strange and weird and awkward announcement. Um, this this facility, man, they've been so generous to us. They've made it made us so at home. Uh, they provided so much for us here at this at this retreat center. Uh, some of the stuff that we're using in this room isn't ours. It is theirs, including these microphones. And sometime over the course of last night, our second handheld mic. Uh, Disappeared on us. It's no longer in this room. And so uh, we're searching, we're looking. If you can help us in any way to find the other microphone that we are missing, please help us with that. We want to treat this place's equipment well uh, and not have to replace something. So uh, that's unbelievably awkward to ask you guys. Okay, let's move on. Uh, If you've been at Fusion over the last several months with us, I hope that you will have recognized that there's something really remarkable taking place in our Fusion community. If you are a part of Fusion, if you're with us right now, you are, on, you are on the cutting edge of something that we believe God is doing that is truly remarkable and truly phenomenal in our community, in our city, uh, and, and really it's going to be in the nation and the world that we live in. So thank you for being a part of us. I hope you recognize that you are a part of something big. God is doing something huge, and it's something that he is leading us in and we are responding to in obedience. And I just want to recognize there are so many of you who have stepped up and who have said, I will be a part of building something. I want to be a part of building something that God is working on. There's so many people. I think of Stefan and Lauren. I don't know where you guys are. You recently decided you're going to jump in and start serving with our kids' church. You recognized... You recognize that we are responsible for loving on those kids and for leading those kids to the cross of Jesus. And so thank you for stepping up and saying, we will serve, we will sacrifice our time to work with these kids. I think about my friend Greg, who has been so faithful with our prayer team for years. Even during times of tough transition, keeping that prayer team together and afloat. It, it, raise your hand if you've been prayed for by a prayer team at Fusion. That is because of Greg's faithfulness in leading and serving on this team. I had a uh, yeah. I had a conversation with him yesterday that was just so good for my soul because I asked him, "What is it about Fusion that keeps you guys here?" And he said, despite tough transitions, despite all the things that Fusion may have gone through for the last years, the idea of leaving this place never once crossed our minds because we believe in Fusion and we want to be a part of this. I love your heart. Thank you guys for the way you love and serve in our community. If you, if you lead or co-lead a life group or a connect group, would you just raise your hand right now? Thank you for the way that you guys lead. Thank you for the way you lead. Thank you for the way you serve. I've led groups. They're not always easy to lead. It's messy and it's awkward and it can be difficult. But that is where the community of God is formed. So thank you for the way that you lead those groups and serve our community through that. I want to um, walk us through something very quickly uh, together. And this is something that God put on my heart and on the team's heart months ago. And we talked about it a a couple months ago. We gathered a group of people at my home for two nights, these dessert nights. And we talked about this vision, this vision that we felt God gave us for how he is going to be building fusion in in this next season. And uh, uh, really what we're trying to do, what God spoke to me about, is to create and build a community of faith and expectation. You know, there is something about faith, there is something about expectation that God responds to. I can think of stories in Scripture where Jesus encountered people and he said, you've got faith like that? course I will do something that you're asking me to do. And so we want to be a place where we are full of faith and full of expectation that when we, you guys hear me say this all the time, when we show up on Sunday night, it is no normal Sunday night. It is a night that the God of the universe decided this person needs to be in this space because I have something I want to do in them. I have something I want to say to them. I have something I want to do through them. And we want every time we gather to be a room filled with that kind of faith and expectation. And so uh, some simple ways that we want to invite you to participate in this, to help us build this, this thing. Jill's going to come up in a few minutes and give some next steps for us. But there, these are things that I'm going to talk about that every single one of us can do every single Sunday when they gather. And they're on this card that I gave you. should have been on your, your chair. We put these on your chairs. Uh, pick this up.) <clears throat> These are three very simple ways that you can help us to build. You can be a part of building a place of faith and expectation. And the first is come early. The first is to come early. Listen, I get it. We are a group of 18 to 35-year-olds. We live in Los Angeles. Traffic is a thing. Whatever show we're watching is a thing. I understand it. But, but, I want us, I dream of us being a place where we show up, not just on time at 6 o'clock, but even early. And when we arrive early, we show up filled with faith, filled with expectation, believing that God is going to do something. I want us to be a community. I dream of a community, and God is building a community that says, I don't know what God is going to do at Fusion this Sunday, but I don't want to miss one minute of it. So I will be there, not just from the start, but I will be there ahead of time so that when new people come, when guests come, they walk into a lobby, a a lobby before the doors open at 545, they walk into a lobby filled with people excited about what God is going to do. So if you want to help us build fusion, will you come early? Will you show up early and be expecting God to do something? The next thing is be loud. Be loud. And there's a couple of ways that we want to ask you to do this. One is in worship. And and Fusion, you do this very well. You do this very well. Singing loud, declaring the praises of our God loudly. And I get it. There's times where I come to church and my, my soul is down. I'm struggling. I don't feel like I can be loud in my worship in that moment. But that's why it's important for the community around me to be loud on my behalf. So will you come and will you be loud for those in the room who cannot be loud for themselves that night? Because when you can't be loud that night, we're going to be loud for you. So will you be loud in your worship? The other thing is is to be loud. This sounds weird to some of us. To be loud when somebody is up preaching and delivering God's word to you. And it's not just an affirmation for the speaker. It's not just to affirm and encourage the person speaking up on stage. But it's for your own spirit. It's for your own soul to say, that is a good word for me. I needed to hear that thing the other way that we're asking to be loud is in in your love for and your support of fusion. Will you talk well about fusion? Will you speak well about fusion? Will you promote fusion in all the different areas that you're able to promote fusion? And last, will you be loud in your prayers for fusion? I am more convinced than ever that prayer changes things. There's this weird thing happening in our world where prayer changes, is being mocked and belittled, especially in response to tragedy. And absolutely, you guys, we need to respond. We need to do all the right things that we're supposed to do when tragedy strikes. But do not ever believe that prayer is not important. Do not ever believe that prayer doesn't change things. God spoke to me over two months ago and told me I was to begin praying even more for Fusion. And so the practice that I started doing is multiple days a week before I go to work, I stop in the lobby, I stop in the sanctuary where we meet and I walk that room and I pray Fusion. I have walked miles in that sanctuary begging God to do something for us and in our community. And I have watched Him respond to those prayers. Will you be loud on how you pray for confusion. So, come early, be loud, and finally, stay late. We use hang afterwards. Don't just dip out. Sometimes when we start to sing our closing worship song, that's our cue to get out before before the the parking lot gets crowded. We think, I've been sitting here for an hour and 15 minutes time for me to go. I'm going to dip out now before everybody else is released. Don't Don't leave during that last song. Stay with us. Finish our service with us. And then hang with us in that room, praying for each other, talking to each other, and head across the street to the cafe. Even if it's not for you, for the sake of the new people who are going to go to that cafe looking for community, will you help us to create a place where new people are met? I hear story after story of people saying, I didn't know anybody, and I made my way across the street to the cafe. And there, somebody talked to me. There I made a friend. There I started to find community. Will you stay late with us? Don't leave us early. Hang with us till the very end. Will you come early? Will you be loud? Will you stay late? Build with us fusion. Know that, that, that this is not us trying to get you to be cheerleaders on a Sunday night. This is not, this is not cheering from the stands. This on a Sunday night at Fusion is how you participate. This is how you, this is on the field, okay? Being on stage is not on the field at Fusion. Being on the field is when you come early, when you're loud, when you stay late, when you participate, and you say, I will help build something at Fusion. Will you build with us? I'm going to invite Jill up now, and Jill's going to walk us through some next steps uh, that we can practically do to help to serve in this community. So, will you guys welcome Jill?